Let's open the Word of God this morning to Ezekiel chapter 34 for first of two places that we want to look at as we think about the Lord Jesus Christ and being the great shepherd of the sheep. Ezekiel chapter 34. One thing that we can know about our God and the world and history and how things play out in time is that it was all planned by the Almighty before He created the Garden of Eden. Before Genesis 1, He had predestinated His purpose and would work it out in time. And the only reason things exist is to work out His purpose. And that's why they exist. To give Him a stage on which to play out a drama for His great glory. And so we're going to read some things here. I want to read to you from you know, approximately 500 B.C. that applies to the time of the Lord Jesus Christ and it applies to us as well, though under the language that would be understood by a Jew, and that's shepherd and sheep and so forth. Here in Ezekiel 34, those of you that have read it in the last couple of weeks, you have a condemnation of the shepherds of Israel, the ministers of Israel, their prophets and priests, especially the first 10 verses of the chapter. But then the prophet gives a prophecy of a shepherd that is coming, and it's under the name of David, because David was God's favorite shepherd of his people in the Old Testament, and Jesus Christ is the son of David. And you need to remember that Ezekiel is writing these words and preaching these words 500 years after David died. So it's not David literally, it's David figuratively, and that's the son of David, Jesus Christ. So, I read to you four verses, beginning at verse 23. And this is in contrast to the sinful, wicked, rapacious, greedy shepherds that Israel had. There's a shepherd coming that would be very different. Verse 23. And I... This is the God of heaven. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land. And they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. And we sing that last clause because we understand that this applies to us. This David that's going to be a prince among them and a king forever is a prince among us and a king over us forever. Because we are the Mount Zion, and the hill of blessing is the Mount Zion of the New Testament. Because the Mount Zion of the Old Testament had its blessings ended when Jesus walked out of that temple the last time and said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. What he had described earlier in his ministry as his father's house of prayer was now their house. This is just your house. It's not God's house and I leave it desolate. So here's the prophecy for us. God's going to raise up. He, the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. 
And when God speaks it, it is as good as finished. And it did come to pass as he brought it to pass. Come over now three more chapters to Ezekiel 37. And let's read a very similar prophecy of the same thing. And that is God raising up David, meaning the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a servant and king over his people. Ezekiel 37, verse 24. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. And God united Jews and Gentiles together into one body, one tabernacle, one form of worship of the New Testament forever, and we're still practicing that 2,000 years later. Though Jerusalem, Mount Zion, was left desolate for a very long time, we are the fulfillment of this by the spectacles and view of the New Testament. So many are confused because they don't want to trust the New Testament. They don't want to let the New Testament explain the old. So they read a passage like this, and they see the words Jacob and David and my people and your fathers forever, and they think that there's got to be a revival of the Jewish nation to establish them as God's preeminent people on earth forever. No, this is fulfilled spiritually, and the New Testament tells us that. When Paul would write the Hebrews, he'd never offered them anything like this. What he offered them is what we have together with them, and that's Mount Zion that's above, that is the heavenly Jerusalem, that's the spirits of just men made perfect, and it's the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the truth, but thank you, Lord, most of all, for the promise and the declaration, the purpose and the power that he would raise up David to be our king, our prince, and our shepherd, and he is at this hour, and he is in this room by the seven spirits of God. He is in this room with us today, dwelling with us, and we want to worship him. And Lord Jesus, receive our worship. Let us pray. Holy Father in heaven, blessed God, we thank thee for the word of God that we have to know your purpose through the ages to give us a prince, to give us a king, and to give us a shepherd, David, to be over your people forever. We thank thee with the understanding of the New Testament that we are not confused about any reincarnation or resurrection of David, but that Jesus Christ, the son of David by Joseph, his legal father, and Mary, his biological mother, is the son of David two different ways. And we thank thee that he most of all is the son of David by, as king and shepherd over your people. We thank thee for him. 
And Heavenly Father, we want to lift him up and praise him and preach him and hear him and understand him in every way that we should. Do not let anything come out of this pulpit or out of these pews that would be disparaging of him or disappointing to thee. Let us rightly divide the word of truth that he might be exalted, that we would properly understand the parables opening up John chapter 10 and realize in them the metaphorical lesson of what a shepherd and minister Jesus Christ is in compared to the ministers of this world, and that we would then be able to flow into the doctrine that he taught of his glorious position as shepherd laying down his life for the sheep, and that he would gather Gentile sheep as well. We thank thee for these things. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for calling us out of this world and making us the sheep of your pasture and putting us together in this body. It is your gracious work among us and in us, and we revel in it and thank thee for it. Forgive us our sins. Father, we have already prayed these very petitions, and we repeat them to let you know the urgency of our hearts and how without your forgiveness and mercy, we shall not be blessed today. So we call upon thee, Heavenly Father, by your faithfulness, and trusting in the all-sufficient sacrifice of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness practically, that we might be restored to full fellowship with thee, that Jesus Christ will not be disappointed or offended walking around this golden candlestick, but will bless us with his favorable presence and come in and have fellowship with us this day. Father, we pray for these things for all your scattered saints and churches around the world and that you will lift up your servants, that they will boldly declare the word of the Lord and make it manifestly plain to their audiences and that the word of the Lord will have free course and be glorified. We thank thee for our nation and its leaders. We thank thee for every good gift that cometh down from thee, the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We freely confess that we turn from thee too many times, in too many ways, and in various degrees, and you never vary. You are the immutable one, and we are, by mutation, different every five minutes. Forgive us. Forgive us the mutability of our counsel. We rest in the immutability of your counsel. And we thank thee, Heavenly Father, that you know us and that the foundation of God standeth sure, that you know them that are yours. Even when they have their faith overthrown by false teachers, you know them that are yours. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will depart from iniquity today in the intents and purposes of our hearts, that we will be yours. By evidence, have mercy upon us. We're thankful to be here. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for the cold that is outside. We thank you for Genesis chapter 8 that told us there would be heat and there would be cold as long as the earth stands. And we thank thee for it. We thank thee for the reminder. We thank thee for the beautiful snowflakes that you sent. They come out of your treasury. Thank you for dusting the earth a little bit that we might revel in it a few days ago at your glorious splendor. We thank thee for your providential care of us in every part of our lives. And now we pray.
for that spiritual part of our lives that is the most important, that you will feed us this day your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ and His glorious doctrine, and that we will humble ourselves before Him and before it and be unlike the Jews that turned away from it and so you took your kingdom from them and gave it to us. O Lord, let us bring forth fruit this day that your vineyard that you have planted in this hill will bear much fruit for your honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name and for his ultimate praise and glory that we pray these things and ask your mercy upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.